I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to Love's a Pitch, a podcast about putting yourself out there and hoping you don't regret it. I'm Carolyn Bergier, your host and pseudo matchmaker. For those of you who celebrate, I hope you had a good Valentine's Day and did something cute and gay. And for those of you who aren't into it, good for you, because it's ultimately a capitalist holiday with roots in Catholicism. And who needs that? I'm kind of indifferent to it. Some years I celebrate, some years I don't. But I did make plans because between the Great Salt Lake drying up at an alarming rate and the East Palestine chemical disaster, I thought, you know what, it might be nice to make plans on a cheesy night as a form of escapism. And that is okay. I also felt, I don't know if you guys felt this way, that there were so many more Instagram couples Valentine's Day posts than usual. And then I also love the couple reveal. I think that's always fun. People who uh, I didn't know were in a relationship, you learn about it on Valentine's Day. So maybe it's good for something. I don't know. Uh, Sussie and I made plans with our platonic third who will be on an upcoming episode, Don't You Worry. Now, it's a good, good, good friend of ours who we travel with and hang out with a lot. Uh, She's one of my closest friends. And that's all to say that I think that we put so much emphasis on romantic love in our society and not enough focus on platonic love and friendships. And it's so so important. And this past year and this upcoming year, I mean, 
going forward in general, I do want to focus a lot more on platonic love and my friendships because those are just so important. I can't stress enough like how much it has changed my life for the better to put more focus. Like I've always had uh, a lot of friends, but I've also almost always have been in a relationship and just put so much energy into those romantic relationships that I feel like I neglected my friendships in that process or didn't put the same like care and attention uh, that I did with my romantic partners. And it's not hard to fix that, right? We all have the capacity to do both to show our romantic partners and our platonic friends love and care and all those wonderful things that ultimately make our lives better and make the world a better place. Kumbaya, y'all. Okay, I think I'm spiraling, but when I was out to dinner with Sussy and our friend, She had listened to the first couple of episodes of this podcast, and I was telling her about the upcoming guests, and she said, you can't have all of your guests be comedians. And it's true. I cannot. I do have a lot of comedians in this first batch of episodes. I mean, first, I want to get people who are comfortable talking on a podcast who I know uh, like the attention and would be okay with being the first guest on this new podcast. And a lot of my friends are comedians. So that's who uh, I, you know, naturally tapped into for this. But I do want you all to know that We will be having non-comedians on. Don't you worry. There are going to be all sorts of guests in the future. This was just a starting point for me. But my goal is to get people from all sorts of walks of life, from all over the world, as long as they're not cis and straight, because they don't want my help. They don't. They don't need it. They don't want it. It's Fine. Okay, before we get into today's pitch, I am kindly asking you to please head over to Apple Podcasts and or Spotify and rate this five stars. Give a review if you're feeling generous. Also tell your friends about this podcast if you've been enjoying it. And I'm going to be adding a new benefit to joining the Patreon. So patreon.com slash loves a pitch uh, at a certain tier. If you join, I thought it would be fun to add at the end of these episodes, a one minute pitch from people. So you can go on, give your one minute pitch, and then I'll tag it on to the end of one of these episodes. It will link out to your Instagram or however you want people to contact you. We won't do a full interview. So this is for people who want to put themselves out there, but not so out there that don't want to be grilled by me on this here podcast. Uh, So maybe we'll have some fun with that. The more the merrier, right? I'm just trying to get as many people connected as possible. Starting with this week's guest, I met her on the comedy scene and immediately wanted to get to know her better. She's since moved to LA, so it was so nice to catch up and talk about her dating life. All right, I'm so excited. Today we have Gina Bloom from Los Angeles. How are you doing, Gina? Hi, yeah, I'm okay. Thank you for having me on today. Yeah, full disclosure, Gina and I know each other from comedy. Yes, back in the day, back in my New York days. I know, I miss you so much. It was always so nice 
running into Gina on the scene. And, uh, you know, part of the reason why I pick people sometimes to be a guest on a podcast is just it's a good excuse to catch up. But we're going to catch up and talk about dating and love and all sorts of things that we normally don't talk about with each other because we're no. always just talking comedy. We're talking about comedy and ambition and like, because words we're sociopaths like that. It's like, how's your day? Well, my day is that uh, I don't have an agent. And yeah. like, well, that's, like, <laughs> that's our day. I mean, let's just get into your pitch. You have mm-hmm. one to two minutes to to sell your goods to the listeners starting now. All right. I think you should date me. Why should you date me? Because I'm fucking cool. That's why. And I have a minute and 40 seconds left. <laughs> hey, listen, I, I I am a I am an adult uh, woman with a job and a lot of independence. And dating me is fun. Here's why. I don't like people sleeping over in my bed. You will have freedom to go to your bed or place of, you know, your preference that isn't my bed or me in your bed. And you get that free without feeling guilty about it. And I'm very supportive. I am, I'm a nice lady and I support people's endeavors, whatever they are, especially when they don't conflict with mine. So as long as you're not a comedian or a television writer with a better career than me, I think we'll be great together. That's a slight joke. If it's significantly better than me, then you can probably help my career. Then, then we can definitely talk. I'm, also kidding, but I was gonna yeah. say, yeah. <laughs> as long as you're not just a little bit better than me, then it's, then that's annoying. But otherwise, no. I uh, I I live in Los Angeles. I have my own place. I do get to New York quite a bit. I also get to San Francisco quite a bit. So if you're in any of those cities and you want to hang and have fun with a fun lady, you let me know. I am open to all sorts of people. However, they express themselves and how whatever they choose to be with, I am open to that. Um, yeah, there you go. That's about two minutes. Let's do it. That's great. Well, I've got to ask, why don't you like people sleeping in your bed? I, I'm a very light sleeper. I just find that I find that sleeping together. I mean, and if you like to do it, and if you're with someone that likes to do it, that's fine. But I find, and I have with someone. About a year ago, I dated this guy for like a year, a year ago. And his whole thing, and it kind of crystallized it for me, was that in order for him to feel like we were proceeding in our relationship, that we needed to start spending the night over at each other's places. And I was very hesitant about that, not because I didn't like him, but because I just like my own space. Like I said, I'm a light sleeper. I get a lot of like inspiration at night for like creative stuff. So I'll wake up. And I'll just start writing shit down. And I keep weird hours because I do a lot of my creativity at night. So I'll be up sometimes at two and three in the morning writing. And then I'll get to bed. So like my schedule's all over the place. Being in comedy, that was just kind of a normal thing. But mostly I just kind of like having a measure of, of independence and solitude. I've always been that way. I have this room. I have a two-bedroom apartment. I live by myself, and I built a room just for writing. I have my bedroom is just for sleeping. My living room is just for watching TV, and my dining room is just for eating. Like I just, I like having spaces that I can just enjoy for their own particular purpose. And I want to sleep. Right. I want to sleep. We we can have fun. We can have sex, and then you can go home, or 
I can go home. And if we happen to be like doing a long distance thing and there's not really another option, then sure, we can sleep together in that situation. I'm not a psycho, but I just don't prefer it. I don't want to do it every night for the next 45 years. Yeah, I think that's something that people don't talk about enough because I think a lot of people are also probably in that same boat that also like if you are a light sleeper, if you're not getting good night's sleep, you're not at your best. And wouldn't you rather in your waking hours give somebody like the not cranky version of you than have a horrible night's sleep and kind of be resentful that that other person, you know, sweats or snores or kicks or whatever. And I agree. And, and like I understand people have quirks and I'm very forgiving of that. And I'm very open to like people just being themselves. And like that sleeping, that sleeping together thing is just a thing of mine. It's not a red line. We can sleep together sometimes, but I don't want to make it a lifetime commitment of us, you know, sleeping in the same bed for for as long as we're together. And I think that, and, and it's indicative of this is like how I like to operate in general. I'm very independent. I can be with someone and we can just not see each other for like a few weeks and that's okay. And we don't have to be exclusive, but, you know, if I'm the primary, then I'm the primary, and that's fine, too. I guess you could say I'm poly, but I'm too lazy to date more than one person. So I'm <laughs> so I'm, I'm almost too lazy to date one person. And right. to have, like, two or three people is, like, that's a lot of effort for me. So you get, like, the, like, bonus of if you're a poly-type person, you get the bonus of, having a poly person to be in a relationship with so you can go and do your thing as long as we're like yeah, 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 yeah. consensual and just know that I won't feel jealous because I ain't got the energy for that shit. Yeah. <laughs> so there you Which go. Which is a lot of energy. It's a, a lot, lot of, of energy. energy. I yeah, I think so. So there you yeah. go. Date me for that reason. <laughs> I love that because when we first started talking, I said, you know, I reached out to you. I wasn't sure if you were looking and you're like, well looking that's a pretty strong word for <laughs> yeah looking at a strong word for me right now i feel very like george costanza-esque in the way that i live my life i love that <laughs> i like to think that i'm a little i'm a little more put together yeah. than he is but like i feel very costanza-esque in the way that i live my life i i'm happy for the things that that come up to some degree i, I won't stop complaining because that's just <laughs> how i am but like i also know that this is who i am and I shouldn't plan for anything more than, you know, what I can personally accomplish. I mean, it sounds like you're very content with being single. I'm so content. That's Look, great. I, I, I'm old. I'm way old. But I've spent in as a human being that's been on this earth for closing in on half a decade now. I've spent four years out of my entire life living alone. And that's not a lot of time. That's four years total out of my entire life. I'm cool <laughs> with being alone. This is great. I love it. This is awesome. I, I purposely got a two-bedroom apartment just so I wouldn't spend too much time in any one given room. Because <laughs> like, I'm going to spread out. I think that that is one of the most admirable qualities when looking for someone or dating someone is finding somebody who is content with being mm -hmm. single yeah. and that because then you know that they're not just clinging on to you because they have some type of yeah. uh, issue or like I mean I used to be a, a serial monogamist and like in the past I 
would try to be single for extended periods of time. And then I would just like, I couldn't do it. I would just spiral. I felt like adrift without yeah. being in a relationship. And I'm very aware that that's not a healthy thing. No. And I was the same way. Like I would live with people and I would be together with people and I date people just because I didn't know how to be alone. And I think a lot of people went through shit in the pandemic, right? Like we, like we had a lot of time to right. reflect and I had a roommate for the, like the first half of the pandemic and it was fine. She was fine. I've known her since college, but being, you know, living with someone, you know, platonically stuck indoors with someone for, you know, every day for a year plus, I was like, I'm ready to get out on my own. Like, I'm ready for this. I'm ready to finally be alone for yeah. real. And then I found that I loved it. And and then, I, you know, I, I just think that, I think that I'm like Fran Leibowitz of LA. I'm just going <laughs> to say shitty things. and like, Oh, I love that. LA does need a Fran Leibowitz desperately. And it should be you. It should be me. So there you go. And just like Fran, I am a writer who doesn't write. So <laughs> there you go. I love that. So I get it wasn't until the pandemic that you felt like you really had a sense of like, I'm going to be okay. Like, I want to know how you get from being somebody who is like serial monogamous or always feeling like they need to be anchored to someone to like freeing yourself from that. What's the. Yeah, I think it's like it's a little more complicated than that. You know, I, I I'm this very traditional Catholic family. And like you were five kids and like I'm in the middle and like two of them had already gotten married. And my mother was, you know, when are you going to get married? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm also trans. So there was this whole like gender presentation thing going on that, you know, I was in these relationships for, you know, a good chunk of my life, not even in the correct relationship with my own body. And then I ended up, you know, going through this very toxic relationship for, you know, more than five years. And the end of that relationship sort of put me on the journey that I'm on now. I, I transitioned after it. I got out of the South, moved to New York City, met Carolyn, you know, <laughs> all the big things that happen in, in one's life. Started appearing on podcasts. <laughs> but during not any part of that time, except for maybe a brief period when my roommate got engaged in New York, that maybe six, seven months of like, and like my life wasn't really all that different freedom like solitude in new york but like i was also doing a lot of comedy so i was hardly ever home it wasn't until the pandemic did i start to realize that you know as happy as i was finally living honestly that it still wasn't enough like there were still things about me that i needed to change even though i went through the big stuff i got out of a cycle of like toxic relationships i transitioned i did all the things that i thought were my problems. And then I found that once I dug through all those problems, I had other problems. I was like, well, you can't be alone. Why can't you be alone? Maybe you want to be alone. And then I was, and I was like, no, the alone's fucking <laughs> rad. I love this. So there you go. And the, the pandemic sort of crystallized that for me. The pandemic made me want to be alone. You want to try being alone. And it sort of rekindled my life, my love of like writing and doing the things that I enjoyed since I was, you know, nine and 10 years old. That I thought I had to give up because I I had transitioned and, you know, here I am. That's so funny because I feel like a lot of people had the opposite reaction to the pandemic. Like they realized their need to be around people more like, oh, I spend too much time alone. Right. Let me do <laughs> the opposite. I mean, for, for me, too, like I came out of the pandemic and like my wife and I became like 
these party people just like going out like every weekend as soon as it was safe or felt safe-ish to to do so. And like that, that's true. Like I'm very social now. I'm probably more social now that I don't have like, and I'm not like constantly partnered. Like I love going out. I love hanging out with friends. I love getting out of my house. I, I go to the gym. I work out a lot, I, you know, not here, but, you know, in a public sphere, which I never thought I'd do as a trans person because I was too fucking self-conscious about that. And like being alone, living alone and having, you know, sort of a, a laissez-faire approach to relationships actually freed me up to be more social. Because I, you know, before I would get in relationships and I would be in this little like unit of two and we'd never go anywhere. Right. So actually dating, living with someone made me more lonely. Now I'm out and I like to socialize. Do you feel like you have a sense of who your ideal partner would be? My ideal partner would be someone who's enough like me not be, you know, turned off by my sort of like no pressure lifestyle, right? At least not right now. I mean, that might change. Who knows? But also different enough so that, because I don't really want to date myself. I I would find that boring. (laughs) I would find that really irritating. So like someone who feels the same sort of core values, you know, prioritizing their freedom, prioritizing the ability to determine their own path, prioritizing I hesitate to use the word adult because it is a place it places judgment on people who don't choose to to relate like I do. But having the type of like trust in your partner that allows them to have a you know a higher degree of freedom than than like what is traditional. Mm-hmm. But also someone who has completely different interests than me. Like I love artists, but I'm not a big fan of comedians to date them. I'm not a big fan of like screenwriters right. to date them. Not because and because I'm jealous, but because, you know, I have those interests already and I talk to someone that has that does the same thing I do every day was like talking to myself. Have you dated a comedian before? Yeah. And, that you know, that can be fine. Like, again, I'm not like shutting the door on that, but like I prefer people who are creative in, in ways that I don't, that I am not like musicians and dancers and things like that because I don't have that yeah. ability. And that's, that's fun to be around that. It's fun to be inspired you know, creatively, laterally. That's what I like. I don't I don't want to be like sort of directly like inspired by someone. I want them to do their own thing and me to be like, that's cool. I should do a version of that, but in my own way. So you find you're drawn to creative people, other creative people? I'm definitely drawn to other creative people. I don't think that's uncommon with creatives because we live like very, you know, very unconventional lives and like people who are like farmers or you know hardcore engineers that have these very these very strict timetables it's hard to be compatible with that again i don't you know maybe maybe a hot farmer i'd be down with that they have their own house my ex was an engineer and when i started comedy that was kind of like the beginning of the end of the marriage because they yeah they couldn't understand it you know Mm -hmm. and i'm also an engineer in it right as like my day job which is so weird because I accidentally got good at it <laughs> through no level of effort on my own. Are you still working the job that you got where you had worked for the company previously? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I'm still working there. Can you just quickly tell that story? I know it's not related to like what you're looking for, but it's one of my favorite things. It, I mean, it is because, you know, it relates to, you know, where I'm at right now. So years ago, I was living in L.A., and I got my first tech job and 
it was like my day job, right? Like we all get in, you know, those of us in, in entertainment, we end up working at a day job. And I, was, I sort of talked my way into getting this day job in tech. And I literally started working in the mailroom. And they just started giving me things to do because I was very early in like the startup. And they found, to everyone's surprise, especially my own, that I could do all of these things. So I ended up at the conclusion of about four years in like various positions of responsibility. I was looking after high-end clients. I was doing very technical stuff. And I had, you know, zero training whatsoever and ability to do any of this. And then, again, I was untransitioned at the time. I moved in with someone who was very, very clingy. And this person wanted me to move across the country with them. And I did. And this relationship was very toxic. And I ended up sort of not able to do the job anymore because it took up so much of my time sort of managing this relationship of mine that my work suffered. And this company fired me. And then that relationship sort of petered out over the next couple of years, various ups and downs. I ended up leaving that relationship. I got a job in New York City. I transitioned. I started doing comedy. And then about four years later, I was feeling like I wanted to go back to Los Angeles because I had never been Gina Bloom in LA. I'd never been the real me in Los Angeles. I've always been this other person. And I love Los Angeles. It's like my favorite place in the world to be. It's why I'm there now. But Los Angeles never got to know me. So I was already looking for a way back And I ended up getting laid off from my job in New York. And I was was ecstatic because it was this healthy severance package. And I wanted to get back to L.A. anyway. So I, I bought a car and I hopped in it and I drove back to Los Angeles and I moved in with my with my roommate, the same roommate that you know, I lived with during the pandemic that sort of inspired me to try living alone. And. I went through the money very quickly and I needed to find work faster than I thought. So I started applying for everything under the sun. And I saw that the company that had fired me way back when was looking for people. And I just sort of jokingly applied for the job. And then they called me in for an interview. And I sat for like seven or eight interviews with people that I had known the first time I worked there. But because I had transitioned in the meantime, they didn't remember who I was or recognize me. So... I ended up just having interviews with people that were treating me like I was a brand new human being they'd never met before. And even though that the name of the company appeared on my resume, they would still be like, when when did you work here? I don't remember you. They ended up finding out, of course. And like my ex-boss that had fired me originally, you know, seven years prior, had expressed like a lot of hesitancy, you know, hiring me back, even though I had transitioned, like he still didn't believe that I would be worth it. So I had to tell them all about this relationship and everything that had happened. And my boss ended up taking, you know, uh, a gamble on me and hired me. And then I ended up working at this company that had fired me as a guy. Now as a lady, I got rehired and they gave me like a 90% raise somehow. Somehow I talked my way into twice as much money. So there you go. And I still work there. I don't know how long that's going to last. You know, there's a, there's a lot of problems in tech right now. There's a lot of layoffs right, going right. on. So I may end up leaving eventually uh, sooner rather than later, but I'm still there now as of this taping. Could you ever, I know this seems like a, a hard pivot, but where my mind went was like tech jobs, benefits, because my wife works in tech and I benefit. Would you ever consider marriage? Is that something that's... Oh, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah? You're open to? I'm definitely open to marriage. Okay. Um, I'm open to having kids too. And I know that sounds weird given what I just described, but like, 
I never said that this is how I want to live my life for the rest of my life. Right. I doubt I'll ever really want to sleep in someone's bed because that's just physically fucking hard for me to do. <laughs> but um, but that doesn't mean that I don't want to like eventually maybe get married and you know adopt some kids or whatever. Yeah. No, I you know I, I lived a lot of life. I lived a lot of lives. Period. At this point in my life, and I feel that like being like. A little restrictive in my thoughts is just selling myself short. So I'm open to all kinds of outcomes. As a where I'm at right now, I'm like desperate to get partnered and start a family. No, I'm not. But I think if someone that feels the same way I do wants to like just see what happens and then we mutually decide that, hey, we're pretty fucking amazing together and maybe we do want to move to a farmhouse and raise you know five different kids of you know from various nations like angelina jolie then <laughs> yeah we'll do it i love that are you ready to shop rakuten's big give week is back get 15 percent back at hundreds of stores and it's all happening this week may 6th to may 13th it's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free, and when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cashback boost. That's an extra 10% cashback on top of the 15% cashback. You won't see higher cashback rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine erstwhile monk-turned-traveling-medical-investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Are you somebody that's into like casual connections as well? Yeah, casual stuff is fine. I find that it's all about a vibe, right? Like I have like this casual hookup that I haven't actually hooked up with him in quite a while because he's so thirsty about it. And I haven't told him. He just stays that way. And he does no relationship. He always doesn't want one. And I'm not in any, you know, any need to try and like change someone's mind about that. But like anytime I express any sort of minor horniness on social media or whatever, he's immediately there. <laughs> and it's just so gross. So yeah, casual is cool. Just don't be lame about it. Yeah. Is that a turn off for you? Yeah, being lame. But there's also like, yeah, that, <laughs> yeah. But there's also like that other form of lameness where you got like the hardcore ethical non-monogamy guy that's like, hey, you know. Where it, it, he's so, or she, I suppose, it's usually men that are like this, where he, they're so into it that it feels like 
it's uh, they've turned like sex into some weird bro hobby for them sex is like like bitcoin trading or something like they've just they've gone way deep into the t- terminology and they're keeping spreadsheets like i know not for me either yeah <laughs> i find that and this is just my experience and this should be no shock to anyone i find that it's very easy to find male partners in general but it's very hard to find male partners that will take me seriously and it's a lot harder to find female partners or non-binary partners but those partners generally take me seriously my my pattern is to date and hook up with a lot of dudes but my relationships tend to be more feminine people are you on the apps at all or I'm on the apps, yeah. Even though you're not looking, so you're just kind of passive, like if something comes up. Yeah, I'm on, you know, I'm on the like the sort of like the relationship apps like Hinge and, you know, Bumble. And I, I have a field account when I'm just looking to get a little quicker. Then I have a, a grinder account and I even yeah. quicker still. So Raya. I'm not I'm not on there yet, but I got a couple of recommendations. So hopefully I'll get on there soon and start fucking weird celebrities <laughs> whatever it's all good you know i only hear bad things about raya because i kind of was curious about getting on it and people are like no it's just like i feel it's more for the yeah i feel it's more for the bits you know it feels like for us for us it's like for the material like i wouldn't take it seriously but like as like a thing to like draw material from, yeah beautiful maybe it's better in la than in new york i think i mostly have talked to people in new york about it and they're like there's nobody that you would even know on it like you're not you're not seeing like Kristen Stewart on it or you know no there's there's real celebrities I mean they're not like the Kristen Stewart level I do think that I want to say Ruby Rose has been on a lot of people I've heard that yeah yeah her and um Mara Wilson yeah yeah I can see that one yeah that made me I think those were the two that made me curious of like, ooh, who else? And because I feel like I'm ooh. so <laughs> yeah, well, I'm be, so on right. the weeds and like queer culture in general that if somebody mm-hmm. was like, you know, on an episode of Chopped, I'd be like, Oh yeah, I know that lesbian from that episode of Chopped. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I find I find that, you know, as as we age that we get a little less connected to the pop culture yeah. zeitgeist and, you know, our, our, our versions of, you know, fuckable celebrities change. <laughs> Who are your celebrity crushes? As of right now, man, that's a tough one. The Chef Reacts guy on TikTok, he he could get it. Receive this guy? No, I'm Chef just not on TikTok. Yeah, I don't post on it, but it's, but like when I'm on the toilet, I like to flip through it. He's this. I don't know how good of a cook he is, but he's just cranky and he he roasts other people's cooking videos. All right. And then at the end, he's like, yeah, I'd eat it. Even though it's complete trash. He's like, yeah, I'm a piece of shit. I'd eat that. I think he and I could could have some fun. (laughs) I think I like that attitude. He's both judgy and also very aware of his own (laughs) shittiness. So I think that would be great. Let's see here. Who else? It's tough. It's tough. Like, there's a lot, but there's also not a lot. Like, there's, you know, long-term crushes like... Mary Louise Parker would absolutely go for that. But like, you know, when the problem with celebrities is that you never know which one of them is an anti-vaxxer. You never know which one of them has like weird opinions on things that you don't want to know about. Which one's going to try to recruit you into Scientology? Yeah, yeah. Especially out here. There's a lot of that. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Which one is like, like super anti-Semitic and just won't tell anybody until they get them alone. Yeah, there's a lot of 
It's just a lot of weird shit out there. Right, right. Do you have any like big regrets from past relationships, like with all of the things that you've learned in life looking back? Are you ever like, oh, you know, I wish I had done that one thing differently? In general, I wish I'd been more honest with, you know, who I was. Obviously, I had a lot of relationships pre-transition that I had known that I was trans during. And those relationships didn't work out, obviously. And I think a lot of the times, you know, the the people I was with didn't really understand why. They just knew that something didn't quite connect yeah. with us. So, I mean, that's a, that's a general sort of like life regret, not transitioning sooner. Like I, I had lots of opportunities to do so. I just, I didn't feel like I wanted to risk it when yeah. I was younger. And I didn't feel like I wanted to risk it until I literally lost almost everything in my life anyway. So like I'm very cowardly in that way. Like I'd already fucked up my entire life. Might as well transition at that point. I already lost all my money. And like every, you know, my relationship had already gone downhill. I'd already lost my job. So like what else do I lose at this point? So I, I wish it hadn't, I wish I hadn't waited until I had nothing else to lose before I did this because my life improved so dramatically afterwards. I think since transition. This new life, I think that in my relationships, I've been I've been sort of like inconsistent. Early on in transition, I was very clingy. I was very neurotic about whether or not people liked me, whether or not people found me attractive, whether or not they were, you know, they they liked me as a friend even. And then, you know, after a certain point, and I just sort of gained my confidence, I think I kind of went too far in the other direction. And I think I'm, I think I may come across that way still now. Just sort of thinking about how I've talked during this interview. Stop. <laughs> I'm like kind of an asshole. No. I'm like, yeah, maybe. But like, but like I'm coming across like, yeah, you can do whatever you want. I'll do whatever I want. And if you don't like it, then fuck off. Get out of my bed. But like. I think you come across as like refreshingly sure of yourself. It's so admirable to hear you kind of just, yeah, take your experience and be like grounded in yourself and know who you are and what what you want while still being open to possibilities that are out there. You seem very like malleable mm -hmm. to whatever situations arise. Yeah. And that just seems like a very healthy place to be. If it weren't for the day job, this is what my day would be like. I would wake up some point in the morning, sometime between 8.30 and 11, depending on how I slept the night before. And I would, you know, go grab a coffee and like read a book in a park, maybe go to an art museum. My days, I like to spend sort of on my own and either write or create or just, or be in art and be in nature. And I don't mind if, if people, like, I'm not so like hermetic that people can't be around me during those times, but like, I'm also okay with going to movies alone. I'm also okay with going to the art museum alone. And that's, and I, I like that. I find, I'm, it's not that I'm okay with it. It's like, I actually enjoy it. So like my day would be spent, you know, sort of like finding my bliss. And then at night, that's when I want to be social. Yeah, sure. Like I'd be, I'll go to lunch and do things like that and be around people during the day. I mean, nothing is like so like set in stone, but like at night, you know, I, I like going to dinner parties. I'm, I just, I'm, I'm basically Fran Leibowitz. If you can be with Fran Leibowitz, just be with me. I'm younger. Probably a better lay. So there you go. Have you done the artist way when you talk about like going to museums and stuff on your own? That makes me think of like artist dates. Yeah, I haven't done that. I sort of learned this from 
reading David Lynch and like watching his stuff about his creative process. I'm I'm kind of of two minds with of his work as an artist. Like some of it is really amazing and some of it is like not my thing at all. He gets he gets a little too far up his own ass, but I really love his process artistically. Uh, I do understand that I haven't read the artist way, but I, I do realize and I have heard enough about it that, you know, it's very similar to the sort of life I've given yeah. myself. I think I can just get out from under this day job. I would just live the art life every day and be happy with it. And then also have, you know, weird, amazing sex with people <laughs> at night. And sometimes they can sleep over, but not every night. When you say weird and amazing sex, are you into weird stuff? Yeah, some, I don't know. I mean, people, what, what, what do you consider weird? People say someone's definition of weird is is a lot different than what I might define as weird. I was hooking up with this sex blogger. He kind of disappeared. He was one of those E&M guys that I don't know if he was completely ethical yeah. about it. But um, and he was great. I mean, this guy could do everything. And he was pretty cute. And he was, you know, he was a good hang, too. You know, he lived in L.A. and he, I think he's an L.A. native. And so we knew a lot of the same you know, places to hang out. And then he would do stuff, you know, sexually that sort of pushed me to the edge of what I found acceptable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was fun. <laughs> you know, it was, he was rough. He was a bit of easy. He was dominant. He was a bit rough. I'm not necessarily always submissive. But, you know, in that case, I, I, I bowed to his mm-hmm. expertise and let him, you know, lead the way. I think that when I when I just sort of like casually say weird sex, it's just because being like a queer person, like relative to the rest of America, everything I do is a yeah. little weird. <laughs> like we're just we're always a little weird compared to like people in Minnesota, straight people in Minnesota. Right. That's fair. Yeah, I, that that's why I wanted to ask about it because I'm like weird can mean so many weird things can mean a to lot. so many people. Yeah. It can mean a lot. Yeah. I'm not I'm not big into like hierarchy and like, I don't like because it starts to come across like Dungeons and Dragons after a while calling someone master or mistress like that's just really campy to me in a way that I don't find sexy. Yeah. Hierarchical play is not really my thing, but uh, you know, stuff gets a little rough. That's fun. That can be fun. Not so much into role play just because I again it's just my like naturally skeptical countenance. Like, oh really? Oh, you're a, you're you're a crossing guard, really? That's what you are thinking. <laughs> you gotta be really convincing for me. Yeah, to into it. yeah. I'm with you there. I feel like maybe part of it is because performing has a very like specific place in my life. Mm-hmm. That like the the bedroom is not somewhere where I feel like I want to be performative. Yeah, I agree. I hadn't thought of that, but that's very true. Because like because we perform all the time, and like as comedians, like we're performing honesty and relatability (laughs) so it's like this double head fuck for us we don't even we don't want to perform we definitely don't want people not being themselves because like because we we perform ourselves all the time yeah yeah what would you say is one of your biggest challenges right now in terms of dating and meeting people motivation yeah (laughs) huge problem for me like i'll go and like i'll pick up one of the apps and i'll just start flipping through it and i'll find someone that i like and, you know, they'll message me and, and it won't be gross and it'll be, you know, charming and personable. And I'll still not respond because I'm like, well, I don't want to respond to this person right now because I'm going I'm to be driving to San Francisco on Saturday. 
So like, even if we, even if, I was like, this is, this is exactly what's going on in my head right now as, as I speak. So I am driving to San Francisco on Saturday. So I'm like, I'm not even going to bother re- responding to app messages until I get back from San Francisco, because why yeah. would I do that? <laughs> why would I talk to someone and then drive out of town for four days? That's dumb. So like, I'm literally like putting my life on hold for, you know, for the next like, week and a half, because I'm going somewhere. I'm going somewhere that's not even far away. And yeah, I'm just, I'm not motivated. Motivation has always been my problem. It's been especially my problem lately. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that I am in a very good place creatively. And I'll just end up doing that instead of dating. Instead of looking for someone, I'll just be like, okay, well, I can just do this. And I'm already here. My laptop is three feet away. So let me just do that instead. And I don't want to be obsessive, right? Like, I don't want to just, you know, create all day long and just be a weirdo that sits in an apartment and like cranks out script pages, you know, 24 hours a day. Like, I do like people and I do like having sex. So, yeah, this is motivation. Well, then if somebody is interested in you and not that you have to show all your cards, but like, what's something that someone can do to really, you know, get you on the hook? If someone really wants to get me on the hook, it's not about being so forward that you're immediately betraying your like interest in me romantically or sexually, but it's at least showing like some kind of initiative because I'm so not there mm-hmm. right now. So like, like when I'm dating like a, a feminine person, this is also part of being trans. When I'm dating a feminine person, a lot of them wait for me to make the first move, like wait for me to ask them out and find a place to date because, you know, because I kind of put off like an energy, even though I'm very feminine, I do put off an energy of like, I am very like, like I'm very organized and I'm very in control. So like, they kind of like peel back and let me yeah. take control. So for feminine people, if you, if they can take a little bit of the, you know, of the control and just say, Hey, let's get together and have yeah. dinner. There's a certain like level of like relief on my part that's like, that's awesome. Yes, I'll do that. Even if it's not like a romantic date, I'll still want yeah. to go. And for masculine people, it's like the opposite. Because masculine people are so are so aggressive that I'm always on guard. So if they just if they just express like an interest in me and that's beyond sexual and then just let me decide you know when we can make it happen that's cool and if you're sort of in the middle of that gender presentation just i don't know we'll we'll work (laughs) it out i'm very easy to please i'm not hard to please i just i just like a little bit of initiative but not so much that it's off-putting and and i and i say that not because i'm trying to like stereotype gender presentations but i'm just saying that experientially Feminine people are more are are less inclined to take the initiative, and masculine people are more inclined to take the initiative. And I like having just enough initiative to understand that this person's interested in me as a human being, not just as as sex, but also set that intention very clearly, and then let me figure out, you know, how I want to come to that point, how I want to meet them. Are you into astrology at all? Not really, but I am a Capricorn, so that's very much a Capricorn. Yeah, I'm a Capricorn too, double cap. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> so I get that. I think I forgot that you were a Capricorn. I feel like so many 
of my favorite comedians are Capricorns. Like when it's Capricorn season, I'm just like, happy birthday to all these people I love and respect. So I got you for two. Yeah. I think it's because we never use Facebook anymore. Right. So we never get birthday <laughs> notifications. It's the only way I know ever knew my friend's birthdays. Right, right. If you're not into astrology that much, you're not like, oh, I won't date this sign or anything like that. I feel like the queer community tries to force that on us. Yeah. And like, I, I tend to be like a, someone who sort of like is naturally skeptical of of dogma anyway. And, this, you know, even within like a, an alternative community, once once too many queer people start saying something, then it's like, uh, maybe that's not the way it is. <laughs> and like, I feel that way about astrology. It's like so many people are into it. And yet their lives are also disasters that I think they've disproven the point. I I honestly think it's just like we've all shunned religion, but like religion did fulfill yeah. some type of thing and we all want to cling to some type of Absolutely. belief that explains the insanity that is the human experience. <laughs> exactly. If there's not some cis white heterosexual on a cloud somewhere telling us what to do, then it must be, <laughs> you know, a star chart that dictates us. Right. <laughs> well, I think we got some some pretty good information about you out there in terms of, you know, what you're looking for. Like, you've put some of that out there, but specifically, who should reach out to you? Like, do you have a, an age range? Is it L.A. only? Are you open to like New York and San Francisco cuties? What's going on? I'm open to cuties really anywhere. Just know that I do live in Los Angeles, so there is just like generally like a sort of de facto priority for people who are close. I do get to New York a lot and I do get to San Francisco quite a bit as well. So, you know, there's a lot of like crossover there. I'm open to, you know, genders and different presentations. Age range, be in your 30s to, you know, some some number that is close to me, like, I don't know, 55, 60 even. Uh, it's a pretty wide range. Like I said, I'm old. And I don't like to like think about age too much, but not in a way that is like gross. Like I'm not like, age is just yeah. number, like <laughs> no, just, there's something to be said for experience and your brain right. forming. But like, if you, if you're a 30 year old that's been through shit and has seen life, hit me up. And if you're a, a young at heart, 50 year old, hit me up. It's all good. Love that. How do you feel about people um, coming to your comedy shows? Oh, I love it. All right. Come on down. I enjoy it. Uh, I'm always, always enjoy, you know, meeting people. Should people get in touch with you? Do you want them to slide into your DMs on Instagram? What's the best way? Instagram's like the best way. And I believe my email address is on this kind of Instagram profile. So you can hit the send email button. Do know that if we're not, you know, in, if we're not friends on Insta, we'll go to the like other request bin. So it may take me a minute to see it. And, you know, if and when you do, be a little more forthcoming than high, because I do tend to just filter that stuff out, because I think it's, I think they're bots. I, I don't want to be demanding of people. I think it's, I think if you're just, if you're just forthcoming and cool, I'll talk to you. Maybe, maybe something will happen. Who knows? And what's your Instagram handle for everyone? It's at Gina Bloom, J-E-E-N-A-B-L-O-O-M. And you can find me on Twitter and TikTok and all the various socials under that same name, but Instagram is the one I use primarily for communication. Okay, so great. And we'll link to that in the show notes. Anything else that you want to tell our listeners before we sign off? 
yeah, dating's weird. Sex is weird. Uh, we all get it. I am by no means anyone who is any different. And I am not famous at all. I'm happy to be booked on things. So just know that if that we are very much alike, whoever you are out there in the internet land. So the things you're feeling are the same things I'm feeling. So if you reach out, just know that I'm probably thinking the same shit. Love it. Thanks so much, Gina. This has been a lot of fun for me. Yeah, me too. Thank you for having me. A couple more things about Gina. She has this quiet power to her. Her vibe is just super chill. And then when she steps on stage, she really commands attention and crushes with her smart and unpredictable punchlines. Just a wonderful person to know. Please follow me on Instagram at TGI Carolyn and follow the pod account to see clips from these interviews and images of the guests at Loves a Pitch. If you want to support queer love and help keep this podcast going, you can go to patreon.com slash loves a pitch. There are different tiers, different perks. Also rate and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify if you can. This podcast is produced and edited by Caitlin White and the music is by Valico. Thank you for listening. Now I've got to go and break the news to my wife that I want to try sleeping in separate beds. Just kidding, babe. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.